Six minutes it is after 8 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the mighty Metro uh, with myself, Ayabongatawa. We go into our Shop Stewards Corner, which we bring to you every Monday, uh, taking a look at what's happening on the shop floor, what's happening in the lives of working people and uh, uncovering some of the uh, issues and matters that affect them the most. And one of those is uh, a payments for occupational health and uh, safety and uh, all manner of injuries that people experience in the workplace. Now, uh, recently, the Minister of Employment and Labor, Tulas Nglesi, proposed that uh, healthcare professionals representing tens of thousands of injured workers who have been unable uh, to access funding due to them uh, for their medical expenses should meet with the Workmen's Compensation Fund to resolve the matter. Now, an outcry over the uh, non-payment of some of these claims uh, led to the emergence of uh, a grouping here of medical practitioners and some of the workers called the Injured Workers Action Group. And uh, uh, all of this on the back, of course, of uh, displeasure with the new system uh, that the compensation fund has been using, which has uh, certainly, I guess, uh, for many of the members of the uh, action group, made matters difficult in terms of uh, 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 releasing some of their payments and uh, or or them filing uh, some of their um, queries and applications for some of these funds. And uh, we did hear from the compensation fund uh, uh, over the last day or so in some reports that uh, the computer system is working and uh, isn't broken, although uh, the new registration procedures uh, tend to be a tad more demanding. And I'm joined on the line uh, to speak about this particular matter by occupational therapist Karen Veskamp, who's joining me from Cape Town, and also joined by uh, uh, advocate Vuyo Mafata, who is the commissioner at the Compensation Fund. Uh, Karen and Vuyo, a good evening to the pair of you, and thank you so much for taking time out to speak to us. Good evening, and it's Mr. Vuyo Mafata. Oh, Mr. Mr. Fuyomafata, thank you very much for joining us uh, this evening. Karen, are you okay? Yes, thank you, Aya Bonga. Thank you very much for asking me on your program. Yeah, yeah. Karen, let's maybe start off with you and uh, just brief, if you, if you could give us some background and context here uh, to uh, some of the, your own experiences as medical practitioners and uh, those of some of your clients uh, that have led you to uh, now launch the Injured Workers uh, Action Group. And uh, more importantly also, what is that action group? So I'm an occupational therapist and about 80% of our practice, 70 to 80% of our practice is um, dealing with people who have been injured on duty. Um, So that means obviously anybody who's at work and sustains an injury goes to a hospital, um, is treated at the hospital, and then if it's seen that it's necessary that they have to have some form of rehabilitation, they send them, the doctor will send them to an occupational therapist or physiotherapist or sometimes other health professionals. Mm. Um, with the doctor, sometimes they see them at the ER unit and sometimes they get sent to a specialist. So what's been happening over the past few years is that there was a system called Umishloko mm. and it's recently changed to CompEasy. So the difficulty is is getting the, um, the employer to register the claim. Okay. So... Um, what's happening is, is people have difficulty getting onto that system. So the contact we've had with employers, some of them don't know that the system mm. has changed it, um, and then some have some difficulty. I think that the compensation fund is working hard at it. The unfortunate thing is that it's been for a number of months mm. now and that um, quite a lot of us haven't been paid, so it's difficult to keep the practice going sure. and also... We're trying very hard to keep um, treating the patients. We've done so successfully in our practice. But, you know, um, it's getting a little bit tight now. Okay, current, so, so, so maybe just for clarity here, 
So, so your suggestion is that really the bone of contention here is that many of the employers, uh, who of course would be required to sort of be onboarded and onto this new system, that's where the massive sort of bugbear, that's where the, the major challenge is, uh, with the employers yeah. actually being familiar and being able to navigate the system, uh, yeah. rather than say with the com- compensation fund. Am I hearing you correctly? That's how we've understood it. Okay. So if you haven't registered, so previously other people could help register that claim. Yes. So I think it's the right thing to say that the employer must register the claim. So in the past, as we've read in some of the newspaper articles, you know, the the systems weren't all in place and Mm. there were things that were happening that weren't supposed to. So in essence, I think it's a very good thing. So if you start correctly, everything should follow. Sure. I think it's possibly a thing is that you know, we've tried in our practice for at least five or six months to register. Mm. Today we were successful in um, sending it, getting okay. all the information on. We previously we've kept on having sure. error reports, and we wait to see if, okay. if, if um, we're going to be registered just okay. our practice. Karen, let's, so, pause, there. let's yes. pause there for a second. need to take a quick spot break. But when we come back, uh, Mr. Mafata, uh, we'll uh, get some of your own perspectives and more importantly, of course, uh, what prompted the change in the operating system as well. 13 minutes it is after 8 p.m. If you just joined us, it's uh, Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro and it's our Shop Stewards Corner, uh, which we bring to you every Monday evening here on the Metro FM Talk, taking a look at what's happening on the shop floor and uh, many of the issues affecting working people. And uh, today we're taking a look at uh, payments for uh, workmen's or a workwoman's compensation and uh, some of the issues that have uh, been experienced by the Injured Workers Action Group uh, with uh, interacting with the uh, compensation fund and navigating uh, the uh, new system there of uh, not only registering uh, applications for payments, uh, but also uh, doing so on the part of uh, many of the employers who are crucial to uh, ensuring that some of these uh, injury payments are actually made out. And I'm joined by uh, Mr. Vuyo Mafata, the Commissioner at the Compensation Fund, also joined uh, on the line from Cape Town by Karen Veskamp, occupational therapist, who's uh, one of the uh, service providers here, uh, I guess, who have gone unpaid uh, as a result of some of the glitches here uh, with the system. Now, uh, Mr. Mafata, uh, it's uh, been indicated in some reports uh, uh, that uh, you had indicated that, you know, the system's working properly, it's uh, not broken, but that the new registration procedures are a bit more demanding. And I guess a part of the clue in the question I'm about to ask you comes from that. Uh, wh- what prompted the shift from the earlier system that you had to uh, uh, the new system that you've now implemented towards the end of 2019. And uh, more importantly, I guess, what have you found uh, as teething problems for many people that are trying to operate the system uh, as people who, I guess, develop the system, but also would be aware on the back end of uh, some of the key challenges that people are facing? Thank you, Ayabonga. And uh, I'm, I'm actually happy that Karen says that she, she, they have been able to register and yes, uh, today, yeah. use the system. Yes. Well, the Umefuko system is a system that the previous financial, the previous claims management solution that we implemented previously was implemented in 2014. And it was a pilot at the time when we were introducing online services to try okay. and see how we can improve services by bringing a bit of online facilities for registration of claims. Mm. And uh, we took a decision at the end of the pilot phase that we needed a system that is a bit more robust uh, because one of the weaknesses that we've seen not only in that system, but also in the previous system of the compensation fund, was, was that the worker was always left out last, mm. was the last one to benefit from the whole process when the whole compensation scheme is designed for the injured worker. Number two is that also the system was uh, due to the weaknesses in the controls that were in the system. 
the 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 whole compensation and claiming system was was uh, was open to fraud, waste, and abuse. Mm. And uh, and also where you had uh, we wanted to bring in a bit of speed and efficiency with regards to how we compensate the injured worker, how we compensate uh, important uh, people in this process, like current the, mm. the treating practitioners, as well as uh, making sure that where we have to reinvest the employers as well, that can be done with speed. When you look at all the changes that we brought in in the new system was aimed at uh, achieving exactly that. Mm. Just maybe briefly explain, uh, uh, Commissioner, for some of us who might not be familiar with with the system, how much of you know the burden of providing information for an application would rest on the employer? And how much of that would also be found, I guess, in other sort of arms of the government? I, I would think that the Department of Labor would also uh, you know, feature here or interface with the process uh, to some degree or the other. Um, you know, how, how much of that would happen? Because I think from what we're hearing with Karen, uh, the big issue is really onboarding some of the employers onto the system so that uh, the application process can uh, begin in earnest. The responsibility for registering the claim lies with the employer. Okay. So they have to complete a full and complete claim that they submit to the compensation fund and uh, the, the documents that they would then submit to the treating uh, facility or the treating practitioner. Mm. But what we've had as a practice in the past, which is what has led to this uh, abuse, waste and, uh, and, and fraud, was that in most of the cases, you would find some providers or some employers would then abdicate their responsibilities and transfer them onto the treating practitioner. And the treating practitioners also then, they would know that if they need to get paid, the claim needs to be registered. Then you find a situation where a lot of the claims would then be uh, submitted through the treating practitioners. And it also gave rise to a group of uh, people called this, known as third parties or middlemen mm. that would then uh, try and uh, profit from facilitating submission of claims from an employer to the compensation fund or from the treating practitioner to the compensation fund. And this is where it led to the worker not getting their fair share of the mm. claim because at this point, people would only be interested in registering the claim to get a claim number that would enable and for us to be able to accept liability so that the um, medical invoices from the treating practitioners could be paid. Mm. And when you look at it, but the worker himself has to wait years and years because the information we have would not even be enough for us to be, to even to be able to contact the worker and try and find out where the worker is and contact the employer to try and find out where the employer is with the outstanding documentation. Mm. Karen, let me, let me bring you in here. Um, I mean, just yes. just from what the commissioner is sharing with us, and, uh, you know, quite happy that you're able to uh, process uh, some of your claims earlier on today, which means some of the troubleshooting happening on the back end uh, is proving to be somewhat effective. Talk, talk to me about some of your other members who might not have had uh, that kind of fortune uh, for themselves and might still have some of their own queries and applications still outstanding. Uh, what are some of the yeah. issues that they're faced with? You've mentioned one being the onboarding of employers, but even from your end as practitioners, uh, this really, I guess, envisages a different role from you if, if I compare it to the earlier system. Yes, it's really helpful, Mr. Mafato, that you've explained it like that. And I think that... Um, We've understood that, and I think in essence, most practitioners will agree that um, the, the, if, the, if the system is more robust um, and the claim is registered right in the beginning, as, a, as one goes down the line, there should be a few problems. The difficulties that we have, Ayubonga, is that if they say the system is working, um, we're not getting paid. So for at least five or six months, we're getting a little bit of money, but that doesn't sustain the practice. Mm. Then the other thing that Mr. Mr. Mafata was saying is, is that the system should be for the injured employee. Um, 
So if there is somebody who needs treatment and they recover fully, they get that treatment quite speedily so they don't have to sit in long queues. That's why in most countries you'll go to private practitioners for this sort of treatment. Mm. Um, So yes, it should be. If the person has um, a residual disability or an impairment, the money should go to them. And there are two ways of doing it. Um, Either they get a lump sum or they will get a monthly amount. I think what none of us are aware of, certainly I'm not aware, is that one is saying is that the worker is not getting that money. So what I understand and what we know from our patients is they wait a very long time for the money when there is supposed to be a payout. Mm. But I do not have an had no um, knowledge that if um, Mr. Mafata is um, saying, if I understand correctly, that that there's a third third party involved with um, the patient or the worker having to receive their money. I know that practitioners, um, lots of people use a third party because it just helps us with that admin and getting the money, but Mm. certainly not aware of the worker. So we'd really like to hear... um, and that's obviously a concern. Okay. So All right. if that is so, that would be really nice sure. to help to um, for us to go. But the very big thing at the moment for the practices, it's doctors, physios, OTs, okay. all of them. We're soon going to close our doors, and then mm. our employees are standing on the street. Okay. Karen, let's pause there for a second, and I certainly know mm-hmm. Mr. Mafat has been listening to you, and we'll get his responses on the other side of this. Uh, who have been uh, treating many of these workers who have received uh, workplace injuries. And uh, before I, I, I come to you, Commissioner, uh, Karen, let me let me bring you in here. And uh, I guess uh, some of the issues that you raised before we went to the break, uh, I know the Commissioner will respond to. But let, let's just talk briefly about some of the claims that have been processed here. It seems there's a sort of divergence in the numbers. The department has come out and said they've processed around 120,000 claims since the system was uh, set up in October. And uh, um, as the action group, you're suggesting that only 2.8% of these have been processed and of that only 1% uh, have been paid out. So uh, certainly from your numbers, it seems to be a massive backlog. Yes, and you know, that's what the papers are saying. Um, and that's so what are you saying? Well, certainly from my point of view, it is that if I've got 1% then I'm lucky, so that is the real problem. Um, and if they've been paying out such a lot of money, then, you know, where's the money going to? It's mm. certainly not coming our way. And if there are so many claims, there must be some people who are getting, but we certainly haven't got. Okay. Um, and as I can categorically state, and if it's been paid to me, then it's not paid in the right account. Mm. Mr. Mafata? So, okay. Thanks. Thanks, Ayabonga. Maybe let me just clarify the one point I raised about third parties. Current uh, mm. spoke about it as well earlier. So what I was saying is that because you have situations where an employer would transfer their responsibility for submitting a claim to a third party or to a, a treating practitioner who then transfers that to a third party, you have a situation where the claim, when it's registered, is registered for the benefit of paying a medical invoice, not necessarily for the benefit of the worker. Mm. As a result, incomplete information gets provided, so you're able to process and pay the the, uh, the treating practitioner, but you're not able to pay the claimant because you don't have the full claim information to make the final decision on the claim. Yes. That is why you, uh, current, for example, would sit with clients that would say that they haven't been paid or they have to wait years for them to be paid. So with, with with the new system, we don't accept a claim when it's incomplete because we want the claim to be complete so that at the same time, we introduce speed with regard to paying the invoice of the treating practitioner 
we also are able to then make a decision on the claim for the worker mm. much uh, quicker. Have you processed 120,000 claims? What? Have you we processed 120,000? We have received uh, 123,000 uh, medical claims that have been submitted since October. Now, they, since October. Okay. So now, the, 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 so if I go back a little bit just to the to the previous system, so what would happen in the previous system? One of the things that was creating inefficiency and and abuse was the fact that the system would accept any other any claim, irrespective of whether there has been a liability, whether there has been a claim registered for the worker, irrespective of whether the claim complies in terms of the clinical uh, rules that are required, mm. the tariff, tariffs that we publish that the practitioners need to charge. And then it would be left to the officials of the compensation fund to sift through these invoices. And that's one of the reasons why it was making us so inefficient and so slow in paying uh, benefits. Now, the requirements and the rules that have been built in the new system, because it's a bit more intelligent than the previous system, yes. is that it does the processing at the point of submission. Mm. So out of the 123,000 claims that have been, medical claims that have been submitted uh, to the fund since October, we only have about 45,000 that met the requirements and were able to be processed into the system to allow us to be able to uh, process them further mm. and pay. So you're suggesting 80, out of the 120,000... 80, 80, 80, 80 odd thousand failed the uh, the validation and the requirements which shows that the controls that we've implemented with the new system are working and okay. we are able to then deal with this fraud and, uh, okay. with, with this let, and let me un- let me understand you properly you, you're suggesting okay. that 120,000 claims have been logged in the system but yep. due to either incomplete information or you know all manner of issues uh, or errors that might there, there might be in that 120,000 you've only been able to take into your system for processing for ultimate payment only 45,000 of those what happens for to the other 80,000 then the they would have to then resubmit correct whatever is wrong cuz you any practitioner that submits they would get a feedback that says this claim is this invoice has not been accepted because of reason x y and z and then that has to be fixed, and mm. uh, they would then have to resubmit to, yeah. uh, to the fund. So what this helps us to do is that we then know what is in the system is correct invoices, and our officials are able to then deal much quicker with mm. the with the invoices. And we anticipated that the take-up is going to be a bit slow, and it will build up towards uh, as, 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 as users become more familiar with the yes. system. And uh, and so and we have seen that they... they, they, they uh, the rise in payment is not at the same level, and I don't expect it to be at the same level as before because previously, with, there was a, as I indicated, there was a lot of invoices that perhaps uh, if we had these controls that we have now, sure. we would not have paid those invoices. Okay. Are, are you concerned about this backlog? I mean, you would have heard Karen saying, look, you know, if this backlog in payments uh, from, you know, workplace injuries for her practice uh, continues, uh, you know, she might have to place many of her own employees on the streets. Are, are you concerned about this? Concerned enough to maybe, you know, extend uh, Olive Branch to the uh, action group to try and resolve? I mean, 85,000 or so, or 80,000 or so uh, applications is certainly, uh, you know, uh, no uh, no mean feat by any stretch of the imagination. Well, I've heard these numbers in the media, Bayabong. Uh, uh, I've never seen any of these 80,000 claims that uh, the group refers to. But if there are such claims that are out there, those are the claims that need to be uh, logged into the system so that our officials can be able to attend to it. Mm. Um, and, uh, and and the sooner the respective employers or the practitioners uh, register on the system so that they can use the system, the better. If we had 15,000 uh, active users in the previous system, that we're transacting with the system online. But to date, in the new system, we only have about 2,600 uh, registered users uh, 
in the system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If, 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 if a lot of the 15,000 users were valid users, they need to re-register on the system to enable them to be able to submit. And we remain available to assist okay. uh, any of the stakeholders to make sure that their uh, registration goes through. Okay, Karen? Hi, Bonga. May I just um, make a comment? Yes, yeah, sure. Some time ago, about a year and a half, we had to start filling in something called a pre-authorization form. Also, a very good idea. So what you've got to do is, is you've got to give some sort of an indication of what your treatment will entail. Somebody yes. breaks their arm, they put their arm in machine, um, maybe they lose some skin. You've got to write and say, I think I'm going to see this person eight times, ten times. Mm. This is what I anticipate I'm going to be doing. Now, that pre-authorization has to be handed in um, within three or four days after you see the patient. Now, you can see in the first time, if you don't get that authorization back again, then it's a bit difficult. Now, you're not supposed to see the patient. So, some of those things we've had um, in the whole practice, in the one practice, there's 240 patients and we've had something like five returns. So what do you do with patients like that? So the question really is that we would like to comply. Where do we go for help? Mm. Where do we sort out these problems? So we're prepared to, and a lot of the therapists that we've spoken to, medical practitioners, if we knew what to do and to do it correctly, I'm sure that lots of people would do that because it really is a bad situation. Sure. Okay. Do you know, and I think that one the last thing I just want to say is, is that there's some sort of an assumption, yes, there might be a lot of fraud, but I want to also just say to you is, is we'll get a patient, we write this pre-authorization, then there's a complication where you then have to change everything, but you've still somehow got to keep record of the treatments that you've had um, and then make um, a new recommendation. Now, some of the people who are working the system, don't understand everything about occupational therapy. Then it gets all muddled up. Then they could be seen as that it's fraudulent activity. Mm. Or otherwise, a patient has to say, now, this arm injury, they lose skin. They've got to take a skin graft from the leg. There's a problem with the leg, and we've got to make something called a pressure garment. But on the referral, it might say that he has a degloving injury and he's got um, a fracture of the arm and the fingers and so on. Now down the line, you've got to, you don't know if that leg, that skin is going to be problematic on the leg. Now we say we've made a pressure garment for the leg as it goes along. Then they go, that's fraudulent activity. But as a medical person, you mm. know that that is something that, so mm. it's not always that one's wanting or indicating that we want to do fraudulent things. Sure, it's sometimes sure. the people at the compensation fund who might not be medically trained. Context matters clearly, yeah. It takes a huge amount of time. Sure, sure. You know, and so if a, if, if a compensation fund, Mr. Mafata, if you can give us some indication, where do we go to to get okay. help? All right. So that's, yeah. Thank Karen, you so much. I got you there. Uh, Mr. Mafata, let's give you the last word. Just some of your own responses to what Karen is raising, but also, I guess, a much more deeper question around, you know, uh, I guess, medical know how and the ability. Uh, to, uh, on the basis of that, assess whether or not claims are fraudulent for additional kind of uh, treatment or treatment that might not have been envisaged uh, when uh, the application was uh, first put into the process. Okay. Well, thanks. Maybe first, first of all, we, uh, I think Karen will be happy to know that we've tried to make their life a bit easier. What they didn't have in the previous system was online pre-authorization requests. We've, I think we, at, the, at the beginning of February, we released the pre-authorization online app for the practitioner such as Karen to be able to submit those things online. 
which is going to bring right. speed to the approval of, of, of these pre-authorizations. What we've done also in the system, we've invested extensively on the clinical rules and the clinical uh, processing of claims in the system, something that we didn't have previously as well. We have, uh, over the last three years, we've gone on a restructuring process and we've introduced some specific units related to medical services, rehabilitation and integration. And we appoint and we have skilled personnel in these areas that are able to attend to the same issues that Karen is, is, is talking about. So a claim in the compensation fund is no longer only just being looked at by a, a claims processor, but mm-hmm. we have uh, adequately skilled personnel to be able to deal with these things. And uh, we remain open to engage with uh, with people like Karen and so on. Our uh, head of rehabilitation, I'm sure, will be glad to engage with, uh, with the uh, practitioners where there's a need for, uh, for engagement. And we depend on the feedback that we're getting from the users so that we can further improve certain things in the system and as well as, well as in, our, in our processes. Okay. Without this feedback, we will not uh, improve much. Okay, Shagazwam, we'll have to leave it there. And uh, pleasure uh, having the pair of you here. Uh, Karen Veskamp speaking to us all the way from Cape Town, where she's an occupational therapist and a member of the Injured Workers Act.